You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hopefully had a great weekend. We're back here on the Steve Day Show podcast edition for Westwood One. Brought to you by CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Thank you for tuning in here today. And we'd love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And speaking of CRTV, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Todd and Aaron, let's give the audience a preview of what's coming up today on CRTV. Well, uh, 14 days in jail for uh, Papadopoulos. The uh, Russian collusion mastermind. Got this, 14 days in jail. This is, um, we're, we're kind of in Al Capone's vault, Geraldo territory, aren't we, <laughs> uh, with this thing? Good analogy. Um, yeah, well, it's either that or then then those who believe in this collusion stuff should be losing their poo on Mueller and the Department of Justice for allowing the mastermind of Russian collusion to only get 14 days in jail, right? It's one of the two. Right. Either this 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 narrative has been fan fiction all along or we just gave a slap on the wrist to one to Putin's usurper of the last election. It's one of the two things. There's no in between. One of the two. We uh, we discovered today the turn, the nefarious, you might even say, turn that the left is doing in their messaging, um, and they're they're going to have setbacks. But overall, and this started back in 2016, in the summer of 2016. I don't want to give too much away. They're starting to figure out what a winning message for them can be. And in between protests at Berkeley and, um, and you know, um, drag queen story hours, they're actually starting to figure out a, a message that could actually win for them. And quite frankly, probably vanquish uh, uh, most people's ideas of conservatism or Americanism. We had that conversation on the roundtable with Bob Vanderplatz today. That is a conversation you have to see. So if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, today is a good day. CRTV.com. And if you use my name as a promo code, DACE, the last name there, when you go to CRTV.com, you'll get a discounted subscription. It's only going to cost you a quarter a day for an entire year of programming from CRTV. That includes our show, The Great One, Mark Levin, the entire outstanding roster we have. And we bring to you each and every day here at CRTV. CRTV.com is that website. Use my name as the promo code, DACE. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning? Well, let me tell you, Uh, I was recently doing a speaking engagement out west, and the first hotel we stayed in had one of those floppy beds. And man, as I get older, my hip flexors like, if you sleep too long in this thing, 
we're not going to walk tomorrow. <laughs> and so I found myself like every 15, 20 minutes, I, my body clock was literally waking me up to turn over from my side onto my belly, onto my back to avoid that weak, floppy bed in this hotel aggravating my hip flexor. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds and wheelchairs. And then just a few years ago, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. The Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam you're used to. The Purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling very comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it helps you to sleep cool. You can try it now. 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund, backed by a 10-year warranty, though, if you decide to stick with it. That's how confident they are in this product. They will back it with a 10-year warranty. Free shipping on returns if you want to give it back. You're going to love Purple. And right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just go to purple.com, use my promo code STEVE at checkout. That's purple.com, STEVE. The only way to get this free pillow is to use my code STEVE at checkout. Purple.com, promo code STEVE. All right, let's get back to the podcast conversation today. And it's weekend news and views. And there's one story I want us to talk about because I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it's somebody we have been discussing a little bit lately on the show. And um, and I mean it. Like I know some sometimes when I say I'm not sure how I feel about it, it means I'm kind of sure. I just I don't want to be sure. And so I'm waiting for someone else to tell me because the sure that I am is is bad and not the sure that I prefer. And so I want somebody else to talk me out of that sure because I don't like. Being, Are you sure? <laughs> I don't like being right about bad stuff because it seems like I'm right about bad stuff more than the good stuff anymore. Uh, and then a lot of times it is really I'm, I'm not really sure. And on this one, I'm not really sure. And I saved it for the podcast because I think it requires more than a five, six, seven minute conversation. And I think the reason I'm not sure how I feel about this is because it depends on how, what lens I see these comments through. If I see these comments through where I think the future of American politics is trending, I think this is right on the money. If, if I see these comments through the lens of, man, if I was his communications director or chief strategist, I'd be pulling my hair out right now because even though him and Trump's personas couldn't be any different, in some respects, I feel like I'm, I have to clean up after him like I do if I work for Trump after stuff like this. And then if I see it through the lens of, you know... This guy writes good blogs and does great on Twitter. We're out here bleeding for the cause. And then he turns around and says, you know, I'm not even sure I want to be around here or do this anymore. Screw you, dude. So, I, and, and I could see it through all of those lenses. And I'm, I'm predisposed to be sympathetic to this individual, I realized, because I think we're very similar in a lot of respects. 
And as the great prophet Terrell Owens said, I love me some me, right? So we always love ourselves more than we should. So I may be, even though I've been a little critical recently, and my default setting to this guy might be, might be positive because I do think there's similarities between the two of us. And so if you haven't guessed by now, I'm, I'm talking about the curious case of Benjamin Sass. I like what you did there. You like that? I do. Yeah. Well, because I can't tell if we're watching him grow young or grow old right before our eyes. Because he did something this weekend, I think, that is a potential career render. And I mean it. I'll explain why in a second. I do think it's a potential career render. Or I think it has the potential to take him career-wise to a totally different place. That's exactly what you said when you hired me, by the way. You said, this thing is either going to be awesome or we are just going to go down in <laughs> flames. Show, yeah. Yes. Well, now that's because, again, I think him and I are very similar in many respects. And that's why, I, and I don't know that we're going to know which one of these it is yet until we see what his follow-up is, what his follow-through is. Because when you say things over the weekend, and he said quite a bit, but when you say things over the weekend, like, I think about leaving my party every day. I used to say those things too. And then eventually I realized I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a worse influence hanging around something I really don't want to belong to and really doesn't want me. And it's causing me to, to personally hate some of these people. Like beyond, and I think I even gave you guys the analogy before I left. We had this talk at the time that if I was watching March Madness at a sports bar and Nancy Pelosi was in there, I think that's just damn strange. Nancy Pelosi's here. I totally disagree with her about everything, but I'm kind of fascinated that she's in here. I'm going to walk over there and say hello and see what team she's rooting for. It's kind of, you know what I'm saying? It'd be kind of weird, you know? If I saw Paul Ryan in there, I'd grab his drink, throw it in his face, and say, Stop stabbing me in the back. I can't freaking stand you. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it's supposed to work, though. You know what I'm saying? That I'm in a relationship that has become so toxic, it's making me a person I don't want to be, and that's why I got to get out of it. And I haven't been a Republican for over three years now. See, I think I'm coming to the conclusion with Ben Sass and and. Maybe this theory's wrong. I've never met him personally. Only communicated with him digitally. Texts, emails, that's what I mean. I'm beginning to wonder if he is similar to Trump in more ways than he thinks. It's just they have different values and they're different personas and they have different personal characters. But in that, they're both random and they're both pontificators. And they both like to think out loud. And they're both reactors. And they don't always contemplate what are the three or four next steps of consequence after I go to a place. Because I think Sass has done this frequently. Trump does it regularly. And I think you don't say, you know, my wife and I have always had a couple of rules in our marriage. Outside of, you know, ones that... Uh, that God provides. Um, you don't get to threaten the other person with leaving them. 
made that rule from we we made, we made that rule from day one when we were pagans because we knew we'd hold it. You don't want to. You would hold that over the other person, manipulate them with it, and you don't get to talk about a divorce unless you're willing to go all the way through with it. And it never comes up. Okay. See, I kind of think you don't talk as an elected official in a party. I kind of think, particularly when you're already out there on an island anyway, you don't talk about leaving unless you're willing to go. And so when I gave you guys the three vantage points, I can see these comments of SAS from. If if I'm a if I'm if I'm one of the culture warriors that's that stayed in the Republican Party, true believers, because I see this as I can't not and I'm not talking about the you know Republican Party firsters. Republican Party is my idol. SAS is never reaching those people anyway, so I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people that have that have that have looked at the culture and said right now. One of the last remaining weapons I have to defend my value system, even as imperfect and frustrating as it is on a daily basis, is the Republican Party. I'm talking about those people. Those are people that have been willing to put up with Sass's independent streak because he's t- he, right now he has a higher liberty score at Conservative Review than Ted Cruz does. I don't know if anybody knows that or not. Probably not. Only Mike Lee has a better liberty score than, than Ben Sass right now. And so I think they I think they're willing to tolerate his independent streak because they appreciate his convictions. But you know what they won't tolerate? They won't they won't tolerate Sass saying, I'm thinking about leaving you behind because I'm just I'm tired. I'm frustrated. That's kind of going against your own base a little bit there. If I was on staff if I was on his staff. I'd be pulling my hair out right now. Because I'm like, hey, I don't know if you were planning on running for re-election in 2020, but whatever the odds were that Trump was going to be successful getting a Trumpist ass kisser to primary you in Nebraska and beat you, just doubled. Because if you're going to openly talk about leaving a marriage at the time that you're already kind of independent of it, the ground is going to shrink beneath your feet politically real quick like. So did you contemplate leaving the party before you threw these comments out there? Because you may end up boxing yourself into a corner if you keep, I mean, if if you're not already on that path, you're one or two steps away from putting yourself in a corner where you have threat, where if you threaten to run away, your parents just look at you and say, see ya, you're out of here anyway. I'll trade up. You can't do that to people. So if I was a culture warrior in the Republican Party, I'd feel like this guy has left me behind. If I if I were on his staff, I'd feel as if this guy is literally just dropping deuces and I've got to follow him around with a per, with a pooper scooper cleaning it up. I mean, is it, is there a plan? Tell me there's a plan here. I mean, if there's a plan here, these comments can actually be very good. But if we're just randomly reacting, this these are not the signals you want to send people. Because on one hand, you're like, we also said, I would, there's a better chance I will run for bug catcher, I think he said, than president in 2020. So if we have no ambitions and there's no plan, 
you're making your staff's job a lot harder, making it harder on them. But I think he is tapping into where the future lies. Almost everybody is dissatisfied with the current political alignment, regardless of your ideology. The older you are, the more willing you are to be loyal to it because you inherited this paradigm and because you're largely driven by your disdain or loathing of the other side's value system. But the amount of people who are affirmatively affectionate towards Republicans and Democrats is un pequito. The amount of people not on the payrolls or whose livelihoods are not directly impacted by the shilling for Republicans and Democrats who have affirmative affection for either party is even more microscopic than that. The American people desperately want another political option. It's just right now there's not the financial or moral wherewithal and courage of conviction to provide them one. The secret sauce, and we said this during the primary, the secrets, the reason why Trump never, when we thought Trump would be done for all the times he violated orthodoxy, right? We're now sitting here where he's literally counting how many players are kneeling every week. When this was the guy who said, he's the, the Patriot police is the guy who said he isn't like soldiers who got themselves captured. Right? We thought he was done then. We thought he was done when he went to the South Carolina debate and he basically went all bush lied and people died about Iraq. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he has violated all kinds of paradigmal orthodoxy and he never suffered a wit for it. Why? You know why? Because a lot of Americans hate the current political paradigm and the secret sauce of Trump's success outside of he got to run against Hillary and he tapped into the angst of everyday America is the fact that he pissed off so many of the same Republicans they hate and all of the Democrats they can't stand in a way they kind of viewed him as a third party candidate they didn't really look at him as a traditional Republican now it'll be fascinating in this midterm election now that he is more he is you know, he's in elected office. It's harder to distinguish yourself as different from the system when you're a part of it, right? But in many respects, the reason why Trump got away with saying things that a typical Republican would not have is because he wasn't a typical Republican. And there's a lot of people that are rightly frustrated with the system. And we're kind of looking at him as the closest thing we could probably get to a third party candidate. I think Ben Sass is a much more formidable weapon if he is similarly detached from the system, no longer burdened by it, and really doesn't pull any punches at all, and just swings away at every opportunity, lets it rip at every opportunity. I think there's a lot of people that like a lot of our ideas when they're not attached to the Republican Party. 
What I've yet to see from him is whether he has the balls to go that far. Now, if this is part of a plan, now he this is the next evolution in his political career. This is a brilliant play. You begin setting the stage for that detachment now. And doing it right after the last Supreme Court nomination fake fight when you had the viral outburst that every one of our people cheered and said, you're right, this thing is a joke. You begin kind of planting the seeds for your eventual you know, evolution, makeover. So if this is part of a plan, I think it's brilliant. But if it's not, then I go back to the other two lenses I see it through. And I think he's boxing himself into indefensible positions. So what do you guys think? Todd, let me start with you. I think there is a scenario where you would have been not only less uncertain I don't about your entire take on this, but just running into a burning building uh, if he had said the exact same words exact same words and uh because on this show we've talked about uh the importance of this attitude about uh i know aaron i remember vividly aaron talking about we need people uh, we need ted cruz somebody like that to leave the party somebody's got to go first but here's the thing with with sass i i kind of uh compare him to a college uh football coach uh i mean gosh maybe now harbaugh comes to mind it's not a perfect analogy but one that gets there and he's saying all the right things and you were like this is exactly who we've been waiting for he says the right things and has some success early on executing but then more and more you just he comes back and he says the right things and there's kind of stagnation and then he comes back again and says all the right things and there's more stagnation and you just you you end up even though he always says the same things he said at the beginning that you loved and you were like oh this might be the guy you you start to resent him because there's no follow there's no follow through and ben sass is undeniably a guy who says a lot of great things but he's got no record of achievement to speak of what either in uh uh uh, lasting uh uh, legislation or in terms of a moment or moments uh like ted cruz filibuster uh things of that nature There, there just is no, they're there in that respect for Ben Sass. And so the more, I really think that's the thing, If you just ultimately resent the fact that he's saying what's, what is in your heart on mm-hmm. some level, but you're, you're just tired. You've been, you've been around fakes, frauds, gimmicks for so long now. Um, and until you see uh, something different than mere speechifying, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. That's a good analogy with Harbaugh because <clears throat> I I love Jim. Right. He's my Jimmy. He's been my Jimmy since I was a little kid. He was my first yeah. favorite Michigan player. He still to this day is my all-time favorite Wolverine. The old NCAA football game, when I used to make myself on there, I always gave myself number four. Why? That was his number. And then when I had a son and I used to create Noah instead of me, when I thought maybe I'm too old to create myself, so I'd create my kid instead, Noah got number four. Noah's gone as Jim Harbaugh for Halloween. Okay, we are a Harbaugh family. That the, the personal affinity won't change unless he does something 
terrible as a human being, right? Yes. Okay, but that notwithstanding, whatever his record is at Michigan as a coach is could not be bad enough that it would change that personal af- affinity. Similarly, for, for Sass, his lack of inaction in certain areas doesn't change my affinity for his worldview and for the fact that I appreciate the way he's, he, he goes out there to say things we want our elected officials to say, right? Yeah. But... He seems authentic. Agreed. He does. Agreed. But, but for me, for Jim, is I'm at the point now where come back to me when we win a meaningful game on the road against right. a ranked team. Exactly right. And, and um, I don't, that doesn't mean I'm, I've turned against him. It just means that for me to believe you're, that you are the, as good of a coach as I had hoped you were going to be, you need to show me that now. All the hype and potential I put into this has not been returned, so I'm not off the bandwagon. I'm not. I'm not off. But if you want me to to cheerlead for you, you show me that you're yeah. capable of, of 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 returning my investment. And that is sort of what I how I feel yeah. about Ben Sass. And look how far that that show me went for a guy like uh, Scott Walker. There was really only one thing, but it was a big thing. And then we had to vet him more, and it kind of fell apart. But if if he had that in him, uh, that one thing, that real fight, that hill to die on. Um, yeah, I mean, heck, it, it, all of the lamentations of the last year for you in Michigan, right. had they beat Notre Dame? Gone. Poof. Yeah, that last year was an aberration. Yeah. We've moved on. Yeah. And that's that's why, I, it, in a way, you're, you're, it sounds like you're agreeing with what I originally said, which is we probably don't know which is the right lens to view these SAS comments until we see what the follow-up or follow-through is, right? Right, right. right. Like, when I said I'm done with the Republican Party, if, if somebody calls me for help within the party, and it's a cause I believe in, if I have time, I will help them. I, you guys have seen me do it. You've also seen, we've, we have stuck with culture warring. We've just changed our tactic to a, a, a more transcendent worldview conversation. And if we win the worldview battle, those, those culture warriors that are still on the ground in the Republican Party... Wouldn't they be aided if we help win the worldview battle? Would winning the worldview battle in America help or hurt their cause? It would help it, obviously. So even though I don't believe direct, I don't believe direct involvement in the Republican Party or direct activism in the Republican Party is a hill for me to die on and worth my investment. I haven't left the playing field of fighting for what I believe in. I'm just doing it differently than I used to. I think for us to see what SAS is going to do next answers some of these questions, doesn't it? Yeah. Like if he's got some, that, that's why I said, is, is there a plan here? Because if there is, yeah. if there is, like I didn't just walk in here one day and say, guys, I'm out of the GOP. I don't know what we're going to do next. I guess, you know, let's just melt that. We discussed it. We thought about it. We produced that worldview series. You know, we recognized we, if we were going to leave that f- platform, we had to create another vehicle by which we could stand up for what we believed in. What is his other vehicle then? So if it's just, I'm frustrated being around all these phonies, that's not good enough. Then resign your seat. You ran for office. The people nominated you. The Nebraska Republican Party put their trust in you. If you don't want to be there, then resign. On the other hand, if the master plan is, 
I'm going to launch an independent presidential campaign. I'm going to create a new organization that with, with that uses my fame and ex, and and platform to to transcend the Robert Jefferson Tony Perkins of the world. Okay. But I think we need to know that, right? Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. Because that is similar where I'm at with Harbaugh. I love I'm not, my love for Jim's not going to change, but my belief that you are an elite head coach, you I'm I'm out of the projection business now. He's got to show me that, and that's similar to what I think about Ben Sass. My love for the fact that the guy boldly stands up in, in platforms like Twitter for what I believe in, I'm all for that. But my belief that it that you are a leader beyond a pontificator, you have to show me that. What are you doing? Aaron, what are your thoughts? Um, I think politically this is a terrible idea because um, – no, no, hear me out. But but who is the last – off the top of your head, who is the last person you can remember? And this happened in the last two or three months. You can remember publicly left the Republican Party. Stephen Schmidt, the rhino. <laughs> yeah, McCain's guy who was a liberal all, all along. Yeah. Over the last year – who, off the top of your head, has been banded about most as challenging or primarying Trump? Jeff Flake, John Kasich. I see where you're going with this, yeah. Um, so the short-term political ramifications of this, um, Ben Sass is going to be lumped in with all of those people. Um, that's just the reality of it. Um, so I think politically, this is a terrible idea. Morally, this is awesome. Um, I, I think anyway um, long term I think this would be a, a, a pretty good idea along the lines of what you're saying Steve um, this is this is the deal though if you're going to do this if you're going to exit the Republican Party you need to use the buddy system otherwise you're going to be lumped in with all of those guys and I'm the first person to tell you leave the Republican Party and if, if he was to ask, hey, Aaron, what should I do? I would tell him, I think this is going to probably, if you do this alone, this is going to take your tank your career, but do it. Not because I don't like you, but do it because I freaking hate the Republican Party and they don't they don't deserve somebody. I, I do agree. He, he seems really, really sincere. I would be the first person to tell him to do it. Um, but if but the question becomes, what happens after that? What is he going to do? I would say you need to follow um, you need to follow the lead of of Nigel Farage. Hone in on one single issue. Hey, hey, maybe that's the judiciary. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what he was talking about uh, last week. Hone in on one issue. Get a Mike Lee. I don't know. I know this is this is wishful thinking. This is probably magical thinking. Um, don't don't do this alone though, because you're going to go nowhere. Because you're going to be seen by everybody as a Steve Schmidt or a John Kasich, and that is the last person who you are, because that's just Republican Party 2.0. Yeah, there's no future. There's no future no there. No future there. Yeah. You have to immediately brand yourself as something completely else than those clowns. And if he just leaves by himself, he's not going to be able to do it. He has a huge platform because he's a United States senator. You know who else is a re- uh, who has a huge platform as a United States senator? That would be Jeff Flake. You know who else has a huge flat platform and is a freaking governor of the state? John Kasich and Steve Schmidt because he's, you know, because he's a progressive with an R after his name. He also, some for some reason, gets a huge platform as well. Um, if you're just going to have too hard of a time rebranding yourself and utilizing that platform for the way that you're, you're saying it could be used if this is part of a plan and he's not just 
saying stuff. I have a buddy, not to belabor this point, but I have a buddy who manages a radio station up in, in um, north of the Twin Cities. And um, he was telling me the other day um, about a, a kid that he had hired. Uh, and it had been about a year and this kid came to him and said, I want to raise. And, um, and Andrew, my buddy said, um, you know, how much do you want it for? The kid said, uh, this month. And, uh, he said, well, I can't do that. And so the kid said, well, um, I'm leaving. Um, if you know, I'm, I'm, I'm want to make this much if I don't get this, if I don't get this raise. And, and, um, if my, my buddy asked him, well, do you have a, a job lined up? And, and this kid said, no. <laughs> And after that, my buddy just fired him because <laughs> for being that dumb. Well, for being that dumb, but yeah. for for but but they yeah they, the kid had no backup plan. Yep. He came in with no leverage. What's Ben Sass's leverage here? You know, it's that's kind of, what we're trying to figure out. What is his leverage? And I I don't is he just know, acting out or is there a plan? Yes, that's exactly right. So what is the plan? I would say follow the Nigel Farage plan, hone in on one particular hot button issue, um, and then, you know, create a party. Try to be a wedge um, as much as possible. Hell, um, if, if, heck, if, you know, Ben Sass, Ted Cruz, uh, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, maybe. That's a pretty good wedge right, right there. And I know that's magical thinking again, but it doesn't take too many people. To, to be a wedge and to actually have some some real power in the Senate. There's a, there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said. And I think the reason why there's no future, we should explain, because um, I'm, I'm going to assume somebody that knows Ben Sass is going to be listening to this podcast. The reason why there's no future in being aligned with the Jeff Flakes and Stephen Schmitz of the world is because Ben is actually a conservative. And so... You end up in the opposite version, in the opposite side of the same no man's land. Just as you're in a no man's land if you're Ben Sass right now, in that you're a conservative, but you don't want to, you don't want to, um, you don't want to shill for Trump. And so I get called neocon. You guys see, I get called this stuff all the time. It's quite possible, ideologically, I'm the most conservative person that works here at this at, at CRTV. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. No. If, if not, it's going to be hard to get to the right of me, okay? And Daniel Horowitz is going to try. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> right now, gauntlet, thrown, yeah. Daniel Hurt down. Wait, you think you're, wait to hear my next podcast day. Screw you. All right. Mazel tov this. How you like them apples? Right. Okay. So, but no one would accuse me of being any kind of left winger whatsoever. I've, I've, I've moderated on any issues. I've, I, I've getting further to the right on the issues, the older I get. I just hate people to disagree with me less than I used to. And so people just assume that must mean I'm going soft. No, I just, I think. People matter more than I used to think they mattered when I was younger. That's all. But ideologically, I'm harder to the right. Give me an ideological fight where we're actually fighting to, not fighting to own the lips, but fighting to advance an issue. I will red rum this son of a gun. I will carpet bomb this thing until next Tuesday. Okay. It's just most of the time what you guys want me to fight on isn't a fight I think is worth it. It's personal. It's, it's, it's just garbage that accomplishes nothing. 
That's the world SaaS. And, and I get why SaaS is frustrated by this because I'm frustrated by it too. You guys hear it all the time. But if you allow yourself to get aligned with the Schmitz and the, and, the, and the crystals and the flakes of the world, see, eventually Ben's going to show them I'm a real conservative. I won't mention any names, but some of those kinds of never Trumpers for a while, a couple of years ago, thought I was their buddy. And then we started talking about issues and they realized, oh, you're not a fake conservative who is just pretending not to like Trump because of his crudity. You're one of those conservatives. You are actually one of those conservatives. Yeah, you're one of the deplorables. Yeah. I just didn't think Trump would stand up for these people. That was always my complaint. I thought he'd leave them in the lurch. As president, he stood up for them more often than I thought that he would. Albeit my expectations were very low, but he has exceeded them, and I will acknowledge that. The first time you're Ben Sass, man, it doesn't matter... If you're Ben Sass, it doesn't matter how many times you hit Trump for his crudity, for his immorality, for his nut, for for the the self absorption. When it gets to actual issues, and it's about, and you start, and you show them you're a conservative, all those people Aaron just mentioned will throw you overboard like that. And now you just exchanged one no man's land for another. Until you're dead, and then you'll get the John McCain treatment. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So I think I think Ben Sass. If I were his friend, and I was interested in him on a human level, and interested in him maximizing the awesome potential he has, here are the two questions I would ask him. What do you want your life to be? And if you want your life to be in politics, who is your base? And maybe you don't want your life to be in politics. And if you don't, then actually do more interviews like you did over the weekend while you still have a platform. But be even more confrontational. Be even more blunt. Get everything out of your system you've ever wanted to say before you go home to Nebraska and live out the rest of your days and maybe return to being a college professor. But don't walk away with anything unsaid. Settle every score. Check every box. Have like a list. I'm blowing this person up. I'm destroying that idea. Because Aaron's right. While you have the platform of the letterhead, you get to say whatever you want and they have to pay attention. The minute you no longer have that, because I, while J- Jeff Flake will become a contributor on MSNBC, Ben Sass never will. Because Jeff Flake's going to go on there and say, border security's racist. Ben Sass won't. He's a conservative. Because it's not because they really don't care that you think Trump's a bad person, Ben. They want you to think Trump's a bad person while being a rhino. You don't get to think Trump's a bad person and I'm a conservative. Then you end up not getting booked often. That would be my career. Like, you can't be the adult. You're not, the system will not permit adulthood. You must be one form of child. Because you'll never be conservative enough for Fox either, because Fox doesn't care really about your conservative credentials. They care about your Trumpian credentials. I mean, Chris Collins and Devin Nunez are rhinos. Look at their liberty scores. Total rhinos. Total rhinos. 
How many times those guys have how those guys have voted to fund Planned Parenthood so many times before Trump ever arrived? Now we view them as some kind of grassroots heroes. Why? Just because their ability to fillet Trump. That's it. They have they have no other discernible conservative credentials to speak of other than ingesting Trump's DNA. They have no 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 other credentials, none. And I'm going to be that crude on purpose. And those of you that email me and say, I can't believe you're that crude uh, at the Kristen, and oh, by the way, you don't support Trump enough, stick it where the sun don't shine. In fact, don't. Tell me where you live so I can come there and stick it for you, because I'd like to, repeatedly. That's at you. And if you had to ask, it was about you. So maybe Ben just wants out. And if he does, cool. Then here's my advice on that front. Make a list. Say everything on that list while you have an audience. Because the minute you no longer had an elected, you never have her, the minute you no longer have elected office or you're a threat to hold one, your influence is nowhere. The system would like to stop listening to me, but they can't because I live in Iowa. So as long as there, as long as there is even a hint of a threat I might have a voice in a presidential election at the, in, at, as I have in the past and in the, in, the, in the future. They have to tolerate me on some level. But there's a reason why all my bookings are way down. And it's not because I've gotten worse at this job. I kind of think I'm actually better at it than I was a couple of years ago. It's because I refuse to play this silly game. I'm not going to let Donald Trump dictate my life choices. Good or bad. When he's right, I think he's right. And when he's wrong, I think he's wrong. And when he acts well, I think he acts well. And when I think he acts poorly, I think he acts poorly. Final thoughts. Well, um, I think we, we've we just, we're back where we started, which is perfect for a discussion about Ben Sass. We're just kind of chasing our tail with the guy. Uh, he's... Um, he, he's not, which is not to say he's mercurial. Uh, I'd I, I take mercurial uh, at this point. That would mean that every once, even if it was unpredictable, the guy would find a way, whether intentionally or by accident, to turn it up to 11. But that's not what these these speeches are. Now there's been, what, two of them? One within the judicial hearings and one, where was this, by the way, Steve? Uh, he said it said on it, Twitter, then it was repeated, I think, on Meet the Press okay, yesterday. Yeah. Okay, yeah. on Meet the Press. Uh, yeah, uh, to quote the the famous prophet uh, Butthead, words need more. Um, so I said this earlier, and I want to repeat it. I think politically, doing this by himself would be disastrous. Having said that, I still think he should do it, not because I want to see him fail, but because I think it's the right thing to do. What's politically advantageous and what the right thing to do is are a lot of times diametrically opposite very few times are do they line up here's what happens if ben sass if if ben sass primaries trump or pence or whoever in 2020 um if he is lucky enough to get to the point where there are debates um or what have you or it's close um one way or the other, he's going to be, he's going to end up, uh, if he wants to stay in the system, if he wants to stay in the Republican Party, whenever he's up for re-election again, he's going to face a guy named Beto O'Rourke in Nebraska, 
and it will be a fight to the death because the system cannot tolerate people who are actual conservatives. So, you know what? If he wants to, if he wants to, um, if he wants to jump ship with the purpose of creating some sort of coalition outside the system, do it. If not, you can probably assure yourself a pretty safe seat. Might have some, might have to run on, on flag burning and NFL protests back in, back in Nebraska. That's okay, but you'll still get, you'll still get voted in. Um, if you want to change the paradigm, you have to change the paradigm. You have to roll with the punches. Um, but you actually have to do something. We've been asking him to actually do something, put his money where his mouth is. This would be one of those things, I think, if there is a plan. If this is just, I'm just going to get out and see what happens now. <laughs> no. So I think it could be good if there is a plan. If not, then, I mean, sweet. Sweet. But you're not accomplishing anything. That's why I'll close this out with, again, um, if, if I'm a friend of Ben's, I need to, I need to ask him, what do you want? And if your future is, if what you want is a future in politics, then who is your base? Number one mistake good politicians make, and yeah, there are some. The number one mistake good politicians make, more than any other mistake, is I've seen it throughout my career. Well, I take it back. The second most most repeated mistake. The most repeated mistake is they pick the wrong time to cash in their chips, cash in their dividend on political capital, and they they make the Esau deal for porridge, and the ROI is the pot of stew isn't worth the doesn't provide the right ROI politically, and they blow themselves up. I've seen that mistake countless times, where our people build huge accounts of political capital, and then cash them in on Arlen Specter. Okay. I mean, or is this like Rand Paul aligning himself with or Ditch Mitch McConnell? Yeah, Ditch McConnell. Yeah, yeah. So that's the most often made mistake I've seen our people make. The second one is they never really or or fail to understand who their base is, or they never understand it at all. But there's no point in knowing who your base is unless you know you want a future in politics. But if you do, then you got to figure out who's your base. And all other strategic and tactical decisions come from those two things. Now, if you don't want a future, and what I would say to Ben, if I were his friend, that if you don't want a future in politics, then these last, this last year and a half that you have that title of senator, go for broke, man. Create every, every viral moment. Make yourself a pest. Go out in a blaze of glory. That's what I'd do. Just my two cents. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Hey, if you've got time today, please click subscribe there on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, leave us a positive review if you, if you like the way uh, we handle our rig. We would appreciate that. Those of you that have already done so, thank you. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.